welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And it's been a little while, but we're back. That's yeah, fine. sorry about that. Oh, no, it's, I mean, like, we were both sick last weekend, I think, and then, and then, uh, you know, it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. That's okay. We're here now. You can all relax. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down. We're yeah, okay. It's it's fine. Really? It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> no. So, what what have you guys been up to in the past couple couple few weeks, handful of weeks, month? Well, ish? I found out I found out in the just in the last couple of hours that apparently Sweden also does daylight savings time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That was Thanks, a nice. Carl. That was a nice. You guys did it like this week, right? It was last yeah. night. Was when our clocks I, rolled back. Yeah. yeah. I I just yeah. noticed it this morning, which is why I came up. This is like one week difference, which is super annoying. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I think the whole thing is pretty annoying because like there are some. I mean, a lot of countries probably don't do it, but then there are some states within the United States that don't do it? Like, I think Arizona doesn't do it. Yeah, Arizona doesn't do it. Because I know uh, I know that was an issue that we had with, with... I mean, not an issue, but that was, like, a thing we had to be cognizant of when, when Thanos was around, because yep. he didn't Yeah, no, to... he, tweeted, he tweeted about it today. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I guess I had kind of assumed that, that this was one of those, like, stupid American things that the rest of the world knew better and didn't do anymore, yeah. or, or had never done. But no, it's not just us. It's everybody feeling like they should just mess with the arbitrary time scale for reasons. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, I always complain about it in the spring, but I really don't mind it in the fall because you get an extra hour of sleep, which is nice. That's... But but at, at the same time, it would probably yeah. be better overall to not have to deal with it. Yeah, the problem is it so it's like already started getting dark early in the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. and yeah. now it's going to be dark at like like five p.m. Yeah, so and pretty soon like four p.m. Yep. Oh boy, it's not great. It's it's not great. No, you are correct. I mean, at least it's not like dark at lunch. <laughs> That's true. Are you... We could be further north. <laughs> yeah, are you far enough north that you have to deal with that? Kyle? I mean, what do you mean deal with that? Like, like how how early does it start to get dark for you, like, in in the depths of winter? I don't know. Three? Oh. Yeah, that's, pretty, that's pretty early. That is pretty early. Yeah. I but guess, it, isn't, yeah. it is not Arctic early, which, sorry for those folks, Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, like, I don't think we have any listeners who live in the Arctic, but, yeah, uh, you know, that's in true. case. It's you feel bad for you. Yeah. You know, I don't, I mean, there's a part of me that's always, like, I've always wanted to just spend one winter up in Alaska, like, rent a cabin for the winter or something, just so that I could experience the 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 darkness at all times. Uh, I'll probably, I'll probably never do that, but that'd be kind of cool. I keep thinking about that, um that one little behind the scenes like documentary sequence from um when we played Never Alone. Yeah. You guys remember Never Alone, Never Alone, right? Yeah. There was the one documentary sequence that was about like the never ending night in the winter. 
and it just looked so cool. <laughs> I'm like, that sounds amazing! Yeah, because they talked about how, like, they, they would look for, like, the silvery outlines of things at, like, the that the moonlight was reflecting off of or something, and that's, mm-hmm. like, how they would navigate in the dark. Yeah. Like, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, a world of magic darkness. Where everything yeah, it glows. Sounded pretty rad. It sounded pretty rad. I don't think I would want to be tromping around in the snow, uh, but I would probably freeze to death. I don't think I'm prepared or equipped for that kind of weather, but yeah, it'd be cool to look mm. at, I guess. When I was younger, we used to like rent a cabin up north, which is like above the polar circle. Mm-hmm. So it was like pretty much day twenty four seven during oh, yeah. the summer. That was kind of cool. Yeah, my my dad used to go um every like for a few summers with like his uncle and some of his uncle's friends. They, I guess, one of them like they would they would all rent a cabin like up in like the Northwest Territories up in Canada. Like like they couldn't drive there. They had to like fly up to Canada and then they had to drive for a while and they had to go to this tiny airport and charter a plane because there were no roads. Uh, and they would go do that in the summer, and it would. He told me it would get dark at like eleven p.m. So they'd just be out on the boat until like eleven p.m. and they'd just be fishing the whole time, because that's what you do when you're an old man, I guess. So that sounds like a worthwhile way to spend some time. I could go for that yeah. <laughs> lately. He always came home with like a, a ton of. Um, I think it was mostly walleye. And then just, like, our freezer would just be full of fish. Like, really good fish for a while until we ate it all, which was nice. I found out that uh, people who, like, go fishing in Alaska uh, tend to fly home with their catches. Like, they have big refrigerated boxes that they'll sell you, and you can just take them on the, like, you know, put them in in the hold, like, take them on the plane with you. Um, And this is because it is cheaper than shipping it. Maybe that's... the baggage fees are cheaper. That might be. To, to pay for I don't. It. I don't remember exactly how we got it home, but I just know that that he would get back and there would be a bunch of fish. Like so, maybe he did fly home with it. I'm not sure. Maybe that's. It could also be a recent thing. Yeah. Because, who uh, knows? Yeah. This has been like back when I was in high school. So. But when I got to this, when I when I went to Arizona for work, um, and I was like getting my bags off the plane, and there's all these. Uh, just boxes on the conveyor belt and I'm like what is all this stuff and a guy's like oh yeah there's a bunch of people from Alaska here and like this is all of our fish <laughs> like, it, just, okay. it just comes out like on the regular ass yeah, baggage, baggage carousel. Yep. <laughs> that's great yep. oh man that's amazing yep just, just boxes really upon boxes upon boxes of like fucking frozen fish Jeez. a whole plane full of fish and no one knows <laughs> yep Huh. Yep. Kitty, what are you doing? That Kitty. Uh, he's looking like he's going to start knocking some stuff over. <laughs> no. Okay. Kitty, it's it. been a while since Kitty has had to give up your attention. I know. Right? And now he's got to deal with, like, dogs in the house. I mean, he doesn't, like, actually have to deal with the dogs. But they're here, and he knows it. He's seen them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. Oh, here's a here's a thing that uh, that I did yesterday. I saw the movie Alien for the first time. Oh, nice. That's a bit late. I mean, yeah. I haven't seen it, but <laughs> yeah, we were gonna watch it for uh, for Halloween, but I ended up working on Halloween night, so uh-huh. um, 
yeah. So my husband's like, you haven't seen Alien? You should see Alien. And we were we were talking about some some academic article that was written about it, and I kept being like, I have no opinion. I've never seen the movie. I have no opinion. I've never seen the movie. So I was like, well, you should see the movie. It's a so good I one. Did. Yeah, I, I actually, a few days ago, like every time uh, my boyfriend and I talk about Alien uh, and Aliens, uh, the sequel... Like we we sort of get into a little bit of an argument because I'm I feel like I'm one of those rare people who likes the first one better than the second one because the second one is like kind of widely regarded as one of the best action movies ever and that's like the thing the first one's not really an action movie it's a horror movie yeah and the second one has lots of lots of I mean it's an action movie uh, is that is that me that's beeping I think I'm beeping sorry. Um, so, I do not hear a beeping, so yeah, no, probably that, it's that, was, that was that was me. <laughs> sorry. Uh, okay, so so I don't know. It's like every time I have to be like, "Look, I get it. It's a good action movie, but I like the first one better because it's not an action movie." And we had this conversation like maybe I don't know, like three or four days ago. So it's all coming around. Oh, I like that this was prefaced by every time we talk about the movie Aliens, implying yeah. that this is a fairly regular occurrence. <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's not like it's it's the it's the third of the and month. We gotta talk about aliens. <laughs> yeah, twelve o'clock. Gotta talk about aliens. But like, I it's it's come up in conversation. I don't a few times. So like you know over the over the number of years that we've been dating and 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 every time that's how the conversation goes. <laughs> I don't know. It's fun. It's fun. Anyway. Yep. So, daylight savings time. Alien, and I also got back on the Stardew Valley horse. Ooh, uh, is that? Let's see. Coffee beans. Did I it... just, I just, uh, I, I totally blame a friend of mine because she like started playing it because it was released on the Switch. That's what it was. And, like they just got a Switch. Um, and I was like, she she was just describing her farm to me, and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> yep. So yeah, playing that again. That's fun. I I also got a switch, but I'm not not fucking buying Stardew Valley again. I can't. I can't do it. I mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't have to because I've I already got it on my PC. But I mean, yeah. I mean, there there are some games like I've. I think, I think I've purchased uh, Deadly Premonition like three times. So. <laughs> No, I've purchased it twice, and then I and then I like did GOG connect, so I've also got it on GOG. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, the uh, they they released a new edition of um, Night in the Woods, which I'm really sad that I'm like can't justify getting another copy. Uh, I think if you already own it, it they just add all the sh- all the extra update? stuff. I think it does. I mean, I saw it was a patching for me. Ooh, yeah. that's I, exciting. Because I I get like. I get the backer emails, and I believe that that's what it said, is that if you already own it, then you get the weird autumn edition. So. Nice. I will have to check that out. I am, because I, it looked like there was maybe some cool stuff in there. More crimes, apparently. Yeah. So, I'll probably, yeah, I was thinking about maybe playing that one again before too long. I mean, I played it, I've already, I've already played it twice. Um, but that's fine. It's worth it. Yeah. Kitty, please don't knock Yeah, I've only over. played it once, so I have, like, a whole other set of cutscenes that I didn't see oh, yeah. that I could check out, so. That's true. Or not just cutscenes, but, you know, like, day activities. Yeah, I think I probably 
I don't I don't know if you have to do I think I think I probably have like at least one or two that I didn't get to. I don't I never did didn't get to do some crimes. Yeah. No. I don't We should go back and do some crimes. Yeah, do some crimes, man. Let's all do some crimes. It's also probably. I think I think they're getting a, a mobile port at some point. That was in the email as well. I don't know probably when probably like but... we can't justify doing a like a revisit as one of our podcasts. <laughs> I mean, I think we could, but we also played that earlier this year, so Yeah. It hasn't been that long. <laughs> it, it really hasn't. I mean, it's our own goddamn podcast. We can do whatever the fuck we want, but it's true. I, it wouldn't feel right. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But maybe, maybe someday. For sure. Yeah, it would be good. It would be good if we, you know, depending on how long we keep going, if we have one that we played like really early on that we want to like revisit and see, like listen to the old podcast, see if uh, like it holds up and if we still agree with our old opinions. Look, okay, so I know we were talking about Night in the Woods for that, but I vote for Gyromancer again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? Japes. Japes. Japes, indeed. Um, I was just thinking, uh, Brothers. Oh, yeah. Because that was the first one we played. And we talked about it for, like, 12 hours. Oof. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, was... a good way to start the series. Hey. Yeah. I mean, a lot happened. A lot. I wonder, I wonder if we could go through, like, a, 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 a point-by-point sort of overview of the plot like we did but if we could condense it down to our regular you know i don't know hour and a half to two hour episode time can we shave off a couple minutes there probably could probably by could. a couple minutes you mean an hour you know or like two <laughs> yeah it's uh i i don't know I, I we also talked about um, when we were talking about uh, Dream Daddy. We talked about revisiting Hustle Cat as well, which I did, which I considered doing, but then did not do. I did. I was gonna say you played that though. Yeah, <laughs> I talked about it. Yeah, I, I I definitely did go back through it. I just did like one path. I didn't, you know, go go hog wild and do all of them. But <laughs> I, I I romanced that shy boy again because. What's his name? <laughs> Hayes? Hayes. Because that was the first one I did uh, when we played through it the, the first time. the tall brown-haired one? He's the, 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 the blonde one. Who oh, makes the coffee. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like a poet or something. Yeah, he's a poet and he's got real bad anxiety. That's right. And he likes being a cat because he doesn't have to deal with human problems, which... Yep. Man, I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that guy. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. Man, all this talk about games that we didn't play this past month. Maybe we should talk about the one that we did play. How's well, that first, for a segue? I, like, I, well, okay. We could segue, but first I like feel like I monopolized that time, and I want to know if either of you guys have been doing anything for the past like month. Oh. Uh, I, I mean, I got a Switch, so I've just been playing Breath of the Wild. I also got Odyssey, uh, Super Mario Odyssey, but I haven't, oh, yeah. I haven't played as much of that yet because I was like too deep into Breath of the Wild. Uh, so, um, I mean, I... Yeah, that game is addictive. Oh, it is. It's because it's so perfectly designed that, like, you can't walk in any direction without finding something to do. It's great. So I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna go over here to pick up this item that I need for this quest over there. And then I'll do that and be like, oh, wait, what's that? And I'll go do that. And, oh, wait, what's that? And then an hour has passed and I still 
haven't completed the quest that I initially set out to complete. I love it. Yeah, no, this will definitely be something for Uncaged Fury in ten years. <laughs> when yeah. it turns out I've just, like, completely missed the boat on it. That's fine. I mean, it'll hold up, so... Yep. Yeah. How about you, Carl? Anything interesting? I've been doing the Sweden Game Conference a few weeks ago. Yeah. Which oh. is like a mini GDC in nice. Sweden. Go to any so interesting just... talks? I went to a lot of talks. <laughs> okay, did you go to any interesting talks? <laughs> yeah. Hmm, what was the most interesting talk? Probably there was... I can't remember her name. But she did like a controller with a teddy bear. Oh god, was that someone from mm. USC? Um, I don't think so. Because there was someone here who did a, a controller with a stuffed animal uh, a few years back, and I think they kept working on it afterwards, but I didn't, like never heard about what happened with it. But... <laughs> it might it have be been. She was German, I think. I could um, be. But that was kind of cool how she did like technical things and stuff. Neat. Nice. So what advantages does a teddy bear offer over a regular controller? I mean, the, I think her master thesis, which she started this with, was like how to get players emotionally attached to their controller. Ah. This, really, this really sounds like the person from USC. <laughs> I know it's unlikely because it's like a Swedish game conference, but this really sounds like the, that is the USC person. Hmm. It might have been. Oh, it was, yeah, it was something about, like, if, if you can control it by, like, hugging it or, like, punching it, like, you're conveying different emotions when you have to actually interact with this cute thing. Um, this really sounds like that person. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I like, I like uh, exploration into, into uh, alternate you know, means of controlling a game. I This is not as good as a teddy bear, but I remember uh, a number of years ago, there was a game, and I don't remember what it was called. And it, it would probably take some digging to find it. There's a game about uh, you're, you're in a hot tub and you have to fart, or you're in a pool or something and you have to fart, so you have to, like, stealthily fart so that nobody notices it. They built this, con like, custom controller that you sit on and you control it by, like, leading to the side <laughs> to like 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 gently squeak out a fart so that nobody notices it. Um I remember this. Yeah. Okay. That's great. I sometimes I worry that I like I just fever dreamed these things. Um so I'm glad I'm glad I've got someone backing me up on this. What was the one Well I think I remember you telling me about oh, this. Damn. Okay, so maybe <laughs> maybe not. It could still just be a fever dream. Um, wasn't there one, like, when Thano went to Indicade where he told us about, it was, like, for butt sniffing pugs or something like that? Oh, yeah. You had, like, little yeah. little toy pugs that you did? Yeah, I think that, yeah. That's probably the last time I talked about the, the hot tub fart controller. Since, <laughs> since we were on the subject, that makes sense. So I'm trying to, like, find a way anyway. to distract the cat. Here. And I also got, like... Totally shit-faced and sang karaoke with, like, the lead, lead uh, composer for World of Warcraft. Nice! Oh, good. So you had, the, you had the games conference experience then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. 
That's called networking. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not have that experience when I went to GDC because I was like too sort of awkward and anxious to go to uh, any like big parties. But I, I guess I did end up like hanging out on a porch having beers with Ashley Birch. So yeah, like that yeah. was that was before like her her like voice acting career was really big, and she was mo- mostly just known for like, "Hey Ash, what you playing?" Yeah. So, I guess, yeah, that is kind of like the game design experience, or like the game conference experience to some extent. It's just like, find find someone who's, you know, famous-ish, whatever passes for famous, you know, which can mean a lot of things, and just drink with them. That's fine. It's The thing is, you, it's like, you, you almost always you don't do it on purpose. Yeah. Or at least, like, that's, for me, that's not how it worked out. The idea is that, like because the just game design industry is so small and tight-knit, everybody knows somebody, mm-hmm. so you're always like with a friend who's like oh yeah, let's go hang out with this friend of mine, and then you just end up at a place where there's like someone that you've heard of yeah, yep, definitely great. I need to, I need to like actually go to a, go to a convention one of these days uh, that's fine I'll do it sometime I mean, my By demo way, I will... The, the name of the person was Melina Klaus. Uh, that would help if I knew the name of the person, but I don't, so... Yeah. Mm. Uh, do, you remember, uh, do you remember the name of the project? No. Because that, that's more likely to ring a bell, although I don't know that off the top of my head either, so... The plot thickens. Ah, uh, that's alright. It's not that important, but... It's fine. Huh. Anywho, Anywho. Uh, sorry to, to, like, just completely drag down your segue from That's previously. Fine. That's okay. I never know if it's, like, the right time to segue or if I should, if we should, like, talk about more stuff. But that was sometimes a good diversion. You see a, sometimes you see a segue and you just gotta, you gotta jump on it. Yeah. You know? Or sometimes... They, they don't grow on trees. It's true. I guess. It's true. So I don't sexy know. brutal. Sexy brutal. <laughs> so sexy brutal. Jump on that segue. I took I took uh, notes for this one, which is good because it's been like a month since we played it. Yeah, and I was I was doing some like refresher playing earlier, and I and it reminded me of things that annoy me, but I think they're things that annoy me intentionally. So we'll get we'll get to that. Yeah. So okay. I guess this was my pick. So yeah. I'll I think it was. It's I think been it a while. I as, think it also was. Yeah. Said. Um, so, the sexy brutal, not as sexy as the name implies. Uh, that just happens to be basically like a name of the casino in the game. Um, the premise is it's what it's what Shanbo in uh, when he played it on play by play referred to as a diorama game, which I really like as a term, and I'm going to start using now. Mm-hmm. Which is to say, like there is a sequence of events. And they play out in real time regardless of whether you're there watching them or not. Um, and the the premise is that in this casino there's like a series of brutal murders that are taking place. Um, and you have to go around and like subtly alter things in order to prevent those murders. Um, so kind of, you know, a Majora's Mask, uh, Ghost Trick kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, you know, one by one, you save these people and you collect their masquerade masks. And as you do so, 
Um, you gain the power from each mask, and those powers help you access different parts of the casino slash mansion, and those in turn, like that in turn, helps you rescue different people. Yep. Yeah. And it's uh, it's got kind of a like I don't know I don't know even know how to describe the art style. They're like little little dolls versions of people. It's like little chibi uh, <laughs> characters. It, it, so the characters remind me of the way the characters look in, like, The Wonderful 101, if you've played that, which I actually haven't. I think it was on the Wii U. Uh, I, I, now I gotta... I, that name sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't really, like, recognize it. Yeah, it's... I, I'm not even entirely sure what sort of... I mean, it's it's by uh, Kamiya, who he did, like, Okami and Bayonetta, and he's famous for blocking people on Twitter. Um, and <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, so, but I, so I, I'm, I'm assuming it's like, sort of like a faster paced kind of character action thing. But it's like you recruit a bunch of superheroes, so you've got like tons and tons of little heroes that you're controlling to go through these like big sort of set piece fight stages. I think. Um, but if if you look up like any of the characters, or just look up the game, like. The, the proportions are pretty What's much exactly called? the same. The wonderful one hundred and one. Wonderful one hundred and one. Yeah, but they all wear they all wear masks because because they're like Sentai characters, basically like Power Ranger sort of things, and and they're all sort of that like shrunk down, chibi proportions. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I think this was the game that was. Um... A game that I, I saw in... So I learned about this game in reference to uh, it being held up as an example of the trope where the entire squad is made up of male characters except for one female character whose character trait is she's the girl and is pink. Oh, yeah. Yep, that looks accurate. <laughs> Just looking at the at the designs. Yep. Yep. Um, anyway... But <laughs> that aside, yeah, the characters do kind of look like that. They've got these sort of, like, really adorable chibi proportions, like they're, like, tiny little action figures that you're playing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you play in this game as uh, a priest. A priest, uh, Lufcadio Boone. Lufcadio Boone is your name, which yes. is a great name. A lot of a lot of good names. A lot this. of crazy good names in this. Um, so your the idea is that like the owner of this mansion is um, Lucas Bond, and he hasn't been seen around. He like throws this giant lavish party every year, and he hasn't been seen at this particular one. And the staff, who are all wearing these like gas masks, are going around and killing the guests. Um, so the first you wake up and this like woman who's made of like meat and blood is like helping you out. Yep. And she's like, Hey, I like fixed your max, your mask. Don't take it off. Um, you know, like I'm going to try and help you save these people. And so you first go and you save the clockmaker and you have a little stopwatch that you can use. It's not a stopwatch. I guess pocket watch. Um, you have a little pocket watch that you can use to control time. So it ticks down, you know, the day, and in the tutorial section, you can only go to, like, what is it, like, 5 p.m.? I think so. Yeah, so you go from noon to 5. Um, and so you have to stop the 
uh, murder of the clockmaker so he can fix your clock, at which point you can go from noon to midnight. And every time you stop a murder, uh, you get you get that person's mask, the person that you saved. So from the clockmaker, you get this clock mask that lets you save at different clocks in various places in the building. Um, also, that's which, how time works. If you if you run out of space on your clock, the time stops. Yeah. And yeah, yeah you so restart the, uh, at whatever whatever the last uh, clock is that you pinged, sort of, which is a useful way also to get around if you don't have enough time to get to where you need to go. Yeah. So so there are some some puzzles where the strategy is kind of like which clock do you save at, mm-hmm. um, so that when you start the day you're, you're positioned correctly. Um, so then you get into the casino proper. Um, in the casino, uh, the first people that you save is a, a pair. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't know if they're married or just engaged. Um, but it is Clay Rockridge and Luna. Trinity something? Trinity Harrington, no, I think. You're is right. That... Yeah, Trinity. I, Trinity I have Harrington. the. I have. Like a list up, sort of, but I I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> so I think that's right. she's a she's a moth themed, uh, which is why I was thinking Luna because she's uh. like this bright green moth mask. Yeah, um, yeah. So Trinity Harrington um, and like Trinity is blind, and she's uh, like, but she's also like very kind of mischievous. Like she likes to get into places where she's been told she shouldn't go. Mm-hmm. Um, so she dies by, she sneaks into this room where there's, like, a giant killer spider, and it kills her. Which, to be fair, like, is is kind of, like, her own fault. Um, yeah. I think she's one of the few people who, like, isn't actively killed by one of the... Yeah. Uh, one of the people. They just kind of let her... I guess they, like, tempt her by telling her that she's not supposed to go there. But still, like, if someone tells you... You're not supposed to go someplace, and then you go there, and you get hurt. Like, you shouldn't have gone there. Yeah. Um, I mean, there shouldn't be a giant spider there, though. That's fair. I mean, fair. Good point. But, there should not be a giant <laughs> But then giant again, like, they need that spider, because the whole point of the bar at the at the casino <laughs> is that, that all of the drinks contain, like, venom from lethal animals. So, mm-hmm. really, I, yeah. at least there's a reason. It's not like, we just have the spider for fun. Yeah, it just makes it case. exciting. Yeah. I'm going to mention that I I knew nothing about, what's your name, Trinity? Trinity, During yeah. the whole game. Because I managed to save her without having a single conversation with her. <laughs> nice. By accident. Um, yeah, no, I think in the play-by-play playthrough, Shanbo missed the fact that she's blind. Um, which I guess you could miss if you're, like, depending on what you, like, what you end up seeing and don't see. Um, which actually, like, is my first note on my list of notes, is, like, the design on a game like this is so hard because you can't know what parts of it the players are going to see and what parts of it they're not going to see. So, like, any piece of information that you put in, you have, like, only some percentage chance of it actually ever being seen if you don't put it in in multiple places. See, that's funny because I I think I also missed the part where she's blind, which makes a lot more (laughs) sense that her mask gives you, like, super hearing and that she... I know there's one point where you have to find a door being unlocked and she's, like, in the other room and she comes through and she's like, only an idiot would have like audio attached to their keypad and then she's just like boop 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 
and like <laughs> yeah. knows that that's the key, like the the um, code because she heard it. I'm like, what? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a conversation if you watch um, if you watch in the very beginning when she's talking to Clay. He mentions something about her staying to play blackjack with him, and that they can bring out a braille deck. Oh. And if you if you don't see that, and or, and or like find her um, invitation and like read about her, I think it might also be in there. Um, it's like she has a cane that she walks with, but it's not like it. It could easily just be like you know an a, an cane. affect, yeah. Right, because people yeah. there are super fancy. She could easily yeah. have a pimp cane. So it's true. Um, you know, so it doesn't seem out of place un- until you like you're like, oh, right, she's blind. She's using this to get around. I mean, and it and it makes more sense how she gets like totally confused in the spider room, um, and is unable to find the exit because she it's an unfamiliar room and she can't see it. That's true. I mean, sure, it's hard to design for it. Of course, mm-hmm. but on the, but the player also actively look for information, yeah, look for clues, yeah, and can so, do it multiple times. Yeah, hopefully your player is like astute enough. But I was thinking that um, a couple times in terms of um, like there is some stuff that you that's only like at the exact right time, and you have to be following the exact right person at the exact right time, and in cases where there are a lot of things you could be doing or a lot of people you could be following that the chances of you finding that are relatively low and so you might have to like play again and again and again and again and again in order to actually stumble into it um and you know be very deliberate about making sure you see something different every time mm-hmm. uh, which is why i think they really really cleverly in this game um confine you to certain areas it's not like you um for the most part, you have the run of the mansion, um, but in the early game, you're confined by not having certain powers, and then in some parts in the late game, they specifically just put you in an area where it's either inconvenient or impossible to get out until you've solved the like the current puzzle, mm-hmm. and I think that's a super necessary thing, because otherwise the possibility space is just way too huge. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there were even some points... Uh, Mostly, like, before they start dropping you in specific places where I was just like, I don't know where to go, so I'm going to go to every room and just see what I can see. Yeah, Um, and if you have to sit in every single room for, like, the 12 hours of the clock, like, that would be really tedious. Yeah. I, I I think I got lucky with with some of the like with especially with like the the clay and Trinity one. I don't really even remember how I like bumbled my way into the solution, but I did, which is good. yeah, I did it totally by accident. Interesting. I think um, I was like maybe halfway by accident. I was like, okay, there's some cameras. I got to do something with the cameras. Here's a thing that controls the camera feed. I don't know. Let's boop 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 around with that, and then I just did it. Like I just did the right thing. I was like, oh, okay. Cool, I guess. (laughs) Um, So if you... Yeah, so the other person who is being killed at the moment when uh, Trinity is getting eaten by the spider uh, is her husband and or fiancé, I guess, or fiancé, who uh, is playing blackjack the whole night, and he's doing, like, like Russian roulette blackjack, where every time he loses, he takes a shot. 
and then like there's the last shot of the night he he wins but he takes it anyway because it's like a victory shot or whatever mm-hmm. and it's poison because the the people have replaced it with poison and it sounds like it's like not just any poison but like really bad acid like they if you inspect him later they talk about it having like melted his face partially yeah. It's also, like, they talk about it being from the same spider Mm -hmm. as killed Trinity. Oh, yeah. Which is, like, some nice poetic irony there. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of that in this. Yeah, very, very on-brand for this game. Yeah. So, um... So you save them by, um... You you put the feed of what's happening in the spider room on the security cameras, and and then you switch, um... You switch that feed into... There's, like, a big uh, video screen in the room where uh, Clay is gambling. And when it switches over, he sees what's happening to uh, to Trinity, and he, like, stops gambling and runs off to save her. Mm-hmm. And so they both don't die. And yep. it's like, hooray! And you get uh, Trinity's mask, which, yes, gives you the power of super hearing. So you can, like, sit... You can listen in on conversations and whispered things, which gives you, like door codes when the uh the the staff punch in door codes and um you know when people whisper secret passwords and things like that yeah um so that's uh that's the first one mm-hmm. then you get access to the upstairs where you meet uh willow blue who is the she's like a voodoo uh person She's she's like uh, I don't know if she she's actively a practi- like a voodoo practitioner so much as she's like an heir to a voodoo line of some kind. I yeah. think she practices because they mention like her work later. That's on. true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she's been she has like these little candle skull things all over the uh, the mansion that she uses to see ghosts. Um, and she, her death, she kills herself. She hangs herself from the, uh, the bell pull of the, like, giant bell tower bell. Um, which at first seems like, how the heck am I supposed to stop that? That's not even a murder. But then it turns out that, like, she is hypnotized by a giant evil demon fish. So you have to stop her from getting hypnotized. Yep. Which is, uh, which is pretty entertaining. That's quite a sentence. Yep. So, yeah, so for that one, you basically have to, uh, you, like, find an amulet, and you okay, steal... Let, let's let's talk about this Okay. in detail, because this is one of the most bullshit puzzles <laughs> I've seen in a while. It's, I mean, to be fair, it did teach me that how to use the thing, hint thing on the map, which I did not, had not learned up until that point. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah, like, why does the map keep flashing at me? Like, and then I, then I'm like, oh, it's giving me information. Oh, it's giving me the solution to this puzzle. Yeah. So for this one, I'm, I might get the order of events wrong. So jump in if I, if I, if I screw this up. So the first thing you have to do is like, get to where she's at, which I think you have. You go through like a door that you get the code for, I think. Um, so she's she, her door. It goes through like a secret like painting that yeah. uh, that it's hiding behind. So you have to yeah. But even before that, you need to go through like a key key code door. Yeah, 
Oh, oh well, the, yeah, the whole upstairs is hidden behind a keyboard yeah. area. Okay, yeah. So, okay, so we're already upstairs. So you have to, like, watch her get killed. And she has a, a like, a skull key that you get, which... Maybe I'm do maybe maybe I'm just wrong. No, no, you're right. You're right. She gives up the skull. She like hangs the skull key on the wall before she kills herself, and then so after she's dead, you can grab the skull key and then you can use it. Yeah, so you can use it to go into her room, unlock a desk, which gives you the instructions for the like amulet of hunger or something. Hungry charm. Hungry charm. That's what it is. Um, so that gives you the instructions, and that's what shows up on your map. You got to feed it here, and then you got to feed it here. So yep. then, so then and I. You also, you also have to like if you're, you don't even know what it's for unless you're like you spend some time following her movements and seeing what she's doing all day before she commits suicide. Mm-hmm. At which point you see her like if you're hiding correctly, um, you see her uh, open a secret painting door in the like gallery space and like yeah. disappear behind the painting i think i did behind. that i think i yeah because i think i did that afterwards like i i found the her key and the instructions and i was like well she's dead so i guess i gotta rewind and then i saw her do that and then i had to rewind another couple times to like actually figure it out um but she's got a charm the, the hungry charm in another room and you basically have to steal blood from a couple of fish some specific fish in an area full of fish tanks. Um, yep. And if you do that early enough in the day, then you can go through her secret door, use the charm, the now fed charm to unlock a door, and you'll yeah, see so her... Yeah, behind, so behind the painting, there's like a giant scary voodoo skull gate yeah. that uh, the hungry charm opens up. Yeah, which, man, who the, the architects of this building, just they thought of everything. They spared no expense. Um... <laughs> So Thanos, as, as yeah, it turns out. Yeah. So, so anyway. you, you have to go into that uh, giant fish tank room before she gets there uh, and basically stop her from getting possessed or hypnotized or whatever by this by this demon fish, by, uh, by um, what is it, putting out the candle that she likes? Yeah, you douse the candle flame as she's communing with it, and it, uh, it that, like, breaks its hold on her and... And she's like, and then, "You're just a dumb fish. Never mind." And she leaves. Yeah. And then, and then she doesn't kill herself. So then you get her mask, which mm-hmm. which lets you light candles and talk with the spirits. It just lets you talk with the spirits. It actually does well, not. Yeah, that's the power that's to true. Light candles, that's which is true. Quite frustrating. You get yeah. Time. I guess you do get I mean, that later. I kind of like it too. <laughs> it's yeah. No, it's a good incremental step forward. You get the ability to like he, like see the ghosts that are wandering around in certain rooms uh, where the candles are already lit. And like talk to them, basically. But so so Carl, what did you find to be bullshit I mean, about that puzzle? <laughs> maybe I missed something, but I did not find anywhere what to actually do with the charm. Oh. It just oh. said like hungry charm. Okay, I need to do something with this. Oh like how to feed it? Yeah. Um yeah, that's And I never that's thought weird. about like going to the tanks and Yeah. So that took me a while, too, because, like, yeah, if you don't look at the map, it's super, super unclear. If you look at them, if you figure out how to view, like, specific hints from the map, and you look at the map, it literally points to the tank and says, first, Hungry Charm first meal here, Hungry Charm second meal here. Oh, wait, you can see notes? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, there's a, like, see more information button on the map that expands the notes. 
which took me a long time to figure out, but it is there. I yeah, I I actually that discovered could have been that better tutorialized. Yeah, I discovered that bit by accident um before before I got like during, you know, the last set of murders, I was like looking at the map and I accidentally pushed the button and was like, "Whoa, what's all this?" Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I yeah. I kind of half wonder if that puzzle isn't designed to be a sort of tutorial of that where like it's really hard to figure out unless you like prove that you can find that you can see the notes on the map yeah i that could be that could be the case because i know when i I, when i picked up the instructions yeah (laughs) because i know when i picked up the instructions it said look at your map for more info but if you just if you had just like like gone through that text without noticing that note yeah because because then you don't have to pick that thing up again i don't know if you even well, you probably can, but it probably wouldn't uh, give you. You can, the... but it doesn't. It doesn't like put it in your inventory, and it doesn't say look at the map for more details yeah, again. No. Exactly. So, so if if you like me are clicking real fast to get through the text, and you miss that part. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that that was yes, I could that yes. I mean, if I had an accidentally tutorial. Yeah, yeah, it does force you to do that basically. But I think it doesn't feel good. It it could yeah. have been more effective if they like. Because, you know, in some games, if you get a big, important piece of information, they just stop you and say, mm-hmm. you have to do this now, and we won't let you advance until you do it. And that might have been a better choice in this situation. Yeah, I can understand not wanting to take away the player's control, but yeah, that that really felt like there should have been, should have been a little bit of a stronger push. The thing that actually got me to do it eventually, which is kind of like hilarious and sad, is that it was bothering me so much that there was like a little shaking exclamation point on the map that meant there was like stuff that I hadn't looked at yet. It's still like, oh, you have something new to look at. And I'm like, how do I make that go away? I lo- I've looked at the map. What do you mean there's more information? <laughs> And so I finally, like, looked at the control listing on the side, and I'm like, okay, there's some kind of button to expand, like, oh, oh. Yep. Yeah, so. I, I I feel like I, I bumbled into a lot more than I should have um, <laughs> in this game, but eh, that's fine, I guess. It's sort of designed to let you bumble into things. Yeah, that that could be the case. Like, I think that's sort of part of how it works is that things are happening and things are happening everywhere so some percentage of the time you're going to be looking at something that's useful even if it's not useful immediately yeah that's um, but anyway so that gives you the mask that you can see ghosts uh, you take the mask that can see ghosts use it to talk to some ghosts and get past uh, a bunch of them that are like standing in your way uh, and you get into the music room area uh, where you meet tequila bell um, who is a singer. And sh- so, sidebar, and maybe we can talk about these as we go through them, but I was wondering if anyone else had, like, a particular death that they felt was more gruesome or affected them more than any of the other deaths. Um, because I had one, but was I could it... easily see it being a bunch of them. Was it this one? It wasn't I this had one. one. I had I had one, too. Okay, we'll see if we all line up with okay, the same one. Okay. But I was thinking, like, the suicide one could easily have been that for some people. Um, yeah. Because that's, that's, like, a little... That's pretty, like, bleak and cold. Yeah. Um, the first one's kind of cartoony, but most of the others are, are pretty, like, graphic and, and brutal. Yeah. Um, so the... 
And by the first one, I mean Clay and Trinity, not the the tutorial one, yeah, the clockmaker. But anyway, um, so tequila, like the the piano, her her accompanist, like picks a special song for her to play that was like a song from her dreams that she like hadn't even really written down yet. That was like disturbing and weird, um, and it contains a note that when she sings it. Um, it like shatters the stained glass on the wall behind her and she gets like cut up to ribbons by the the falling glass and then she's still alive and she kind of like uh limps into the dressing room and die like bleeds out there and then the staff member throws her down the garbage chute to the spider's room yep which that's also pretty bleak <laughs> yeah though not not the one that i thought was super bleak but pretty bleak yeah. Um, yeah. I think I feel like this one had, uh, I don't know. Well, I guess I mean, the solution wasn't as easy as I'm thinking. It's like they all seem really easy in retrospect. Yeah. But but you do sort of spend a bunch of time like banging your head against the wall. Yeah. Well, I really like this puzzle because you were really really confined in this one. Yeah. And... Uh, no, I managed to make it harder than it needed to be because I thought I needed the record from downstairs to make oh. it work. So I oh. did it. I did in every run through. I like ran downstairs at the beginning of the day to get the other. Like I Wait. saved at the clock outside of the bar so I could get the 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 vinyl record from there. So that probably didn't give you enough time, did it? You know, you can still do it that way. Oh, okay. <laughs> Believe it or not, that's cool. I mean. I, I was so hung up on, like, I thought I was going to change the song. Mm-hmm. To a and different then, song. Yeah, and in the end, like, and then I realized I didn't need to. And yeah. There's a, there's, a, there's a big uh, reconnaissance section of each of these, which I think is maybe why it feels harder than it is, is because you spend a lot of time just rewinding and watching what happens so you can piece together what the chain of events even is. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you I really that. like her singing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have a good I audio really track. Like that yeah, they do. It's good. Um, uh, so, yeah. so yeah. yeah for... So you have to, you have to like steal a record. You, sorry, Kelsey, you can go. Oh yeah, that one. no, there's there's a record like in a room, off uh, off to one side. So you take that one, but I guess you could you can't you can't also get the one from the uh, the bar downstairs, and then you go into like a storage room, and you put the record onto a record player in the storage room and hit play. And so then the accompanist over in the other room, like, hears the noise and gets up and is like, what's that? And he goes to investigate. So when he investigates, you go in and you steal a key off of the piano and then you follow him and you lock him in the storage room so that he can't play the song that kills her. So then you get a nice little scene where she's like, oh, Laffy, because that's what people call him, I guess. Um, yep. And and you hear a different song, yeah. And she gets to just sing it, and it's nice, and she enjoys it, and then she goes away. Yep. Um, and you gain the power of her mask, which is the power to shatter glass with your voice. Which that seems really dubious, because like if the shattering glass killed her, why would it not? Yeah. Kill you also. Yep. That but... was my thought immediately as well. Yeah. That's so fine. at that point, you, you shatter the, the same stained glass that killed her. Uh, and then the lady in blood appears. And uh, she 
like pushes you through the the open the opening created by that window and you fall down into the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're stuck in the theater. In that area, you actually are confined to. Um, you cannot get out of the theater until you solve the theater puzzle. Which is good, because it requires uh, uh, like a very specific piece of information that would be easy to miss if you weren't confined, I think. Yeah. Because um, you, you have to talk to a ghost while he wanders through the room at one point. Yeah, and then and then the actual solution is also extremely reliant on timing, which yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. A little rough. So, so this the theater contains the next two characters you have to save, who are Red Rockridge, Clay's but brother, and Grayson Grayson, which might be one of my favorite names in the game. Yeah, <laughs> one one Grayson is spelled with an E, and one Grayson is spelled with an A. So it's Grayson Grayson. It's good. Um. Also, it reminds me of the the book Will Grayson, Will Grayson, but anyway. Um, So Grayson Grayson is the security, the head of security for the the casino. He, like, designs all their security systems, and he used to be, like, a great thief. Uh, And apparently um, the the mansion owner, Lucas, uh, has procured the like crazy expensive treasure that he got arrested for trying to that that Grayson got arrested for trying to steal because he's also an ex-con yeah um and has hidden it somewhere in the mansion and so he and uh, Grayson and Red are like uh looking for it and they they find it it's on stage in the theater in the magicians in like this set up for like there was going to be a magician's performance and so it's in this like giant cage that's wired up to these electrical pylons and like an idiot he steps into the giant cage of death to look at this uh like Fabergé egg uh and it like manacles snap around his wrist and he's like there's swords lowering from the ceiling uh and the cage becomes electrified uh and then like red runs into the room and tries to save him and ends up getting fried by the electrics and then uh, Grayson dies to the like descending swords. This was the one that I thought was super brutal. Yeah. Because it's like me as well. Yeah, because like he's gotta watch his 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 best bro die and also he dies. Yeah. And and the di- the dialogue was was pretty tense during the section too, I felt like I don't know. Yeah. So I I am pretty convinced at this point that the subtextual intent was that they are like that there's a romance going on there. That's specifically yeah. specifically that Red uh, has a crush on Grayson, um, and based on some information you find later in the game, hasn't told him. That's yeah. Uh, is there like a dog howling in the there's, background? There's there's a dog barking. Uh, they do that sometimes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. As, as long dog, as that's what it actually is. Bark. Yeah. We have, like, one dog that will bark at anything, and the other one doesn't. So that's the, the barking dog, which means, I don't know, maybe there's an animal outside. Right, or, well, or I don't know, my parents have gone out for a hike, so maybe they're back. Uh, so, so if listeners are confused as what that sound is, it's a dog. Yeah. I don't know, Carl, Carl was this your, also your most gruesome? No, this, I mean, this kind of felt a bit cheesy, which sort of took away from it. For me, that makes it more horrible because it has this like cheery circus music playing in the background the whole time, and like that was distressing to me. Not to mention how like 
clearly and obviously distressed uh, Red is when he finds out what's happening to Grayson. Because mm-hmm. uh, he, like, he tries real hard to get Grayson out of that cage and ends up, like, basically killing himself trying to save mm-hmm. Grayson. And, and, like, that that really got under my skin. And there's the fact that every time you restart the day, you get this big announcement, like, oh, there's going to be a big show in the theater at 8, and it's this. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, oof, that's dark. Just corral everyone into the th- I mean, everyone else is busy dying. But if they weren't busy dying, then they'd probably go into the theater and watch this thing happen at 8. Um, yeah. No, my worst death was probably the suicide. Oh. Yeah. Or the singing, because yeah, cause I watched, because I was not jaded enough at that point. And then I had to yeah. like, watch and knew that she was going to die. And I just wanted more information, and that just felt creepy. Yeah, it's, that's, it is pretty gruesome. Yeah, there's. I feel like this game is a good uh, primer on the downsides of voyeurism. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. you'll see some shit that you really wish you hadn't seen. Yeah, exactly. Um, so... This was totally the hardest puzzle. This was Was a pretty... I don't think it was the hardest, but yeah, this one was pretty hard. It was so hard to figure out what was the solution to the puzzle. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. I, I think this one, like... Absolutely, they they had to confine this to the theater. If this had not been confined to the theater, it would have been probably nearly impossible. Yeah. Because there's just, like, there's some very specific pieces of information you need for this. Like I said, you have to talk to that ghost in order to know where, like, the secret switch is or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you miss him, and he's not there for, like, the whole day either. Um, if you miss him, then you're pretty much boned. You can figure out what the other parts are but you can't execute any of them until you have that information. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, The problem I had was, like, there was electric fence, there was handcuffs, there was, like, power not working, there was spikes coming down from the roof, and I did not know what would... Should I prevent something? Should I remove something that already happened? Yeah, that's, that's fair. So it was hard to identify. Yeah, I feel like a bunch of these puzzles are are like easier or harder based on what random pieces of information you happen into at what times, right? Like you might luck out and get the start of it like the first two days you rewind, but you might also rewind like 20 times and not see them. Yeah, so. and that's a good point because uh, also there, there's so many different things killing these guys. Like, and and it's the same with the piano, um, or with the with the, the tequila, whatever. Where tequila it's bell, like, yeah. like the the obvious solution is get him to play a different song somehow. So if you and, and you know with this one, it's like, well, maybe I have to stop the swords, or do I stop the electricity? So it's it's yeah, it is a lot of like, what does your brain latch onto as the most important thing. <laughs> Yeah, and like for me with the where I'm like, okay, it must be that other record downstairs in the bar. Like, why would they put two record players in here if I didn't have to use that other record downstairs in the bar? Like, sometimes you become convinced of a certain solution and you try real hard before realizing that it's not correct. Yeah. I mean, this puzzle also serves as like a tutorial for the ghosts. 
yeah. little bit. I mean, you've oh, seen them beforehand to get them to move. But yeah, this is where you find the... Uh, you find the lighter. The lighter here, yeah, which lets you light the candles yourself so you can see ghosts whenever you whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Or at least in any room that has a candle. And that's that's like a pretty easy thing to miss. Because you have to see Red and Grayson crack open a safe and then realize that the thing that they want isn't in the safe. And then you have to go in to that room and look into the safe. Just, yeah, you know, you have to decide to do that because they don't really indicate that to you with anything other than, oh, well, it's open yeah. now. Although as information goes, I would guess that you're probably, if you need to weight things in terms of what is more, more likely to be seen, things that are along the direct path of the murder victims are yeah. probably statistically more often seen because, like, reconnaissance of the victims and how they die is a pretty a, like obvious first step if you're not sure what to do. Yeah, it's a big important thing to so. scope out. Also, yeah. the safe being open is sort of a thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, safe. I should see if it's a thing. Although it's also like unusual because most items in the game you don't get to keep and the, the lighter you do get to permanently keep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's Same sort of a weird like exception. Charm. Yeah. So uh, just... No, the hunger charm you have to keep getting every day. You don't start with it after you get it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, you do actually. Yeah. So it's it's sort of a like there's only three things you get to keep with you. Like they have three special slots on the inventory screen for them. There's your your pocket watch which you use to rewind time. There's the lighter, and then later on there's the ring that you get. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get there. Uh, yeah, so uh, you have to talk to a ghost to find the location of a secret, um, like, circuit breaker. And then you pull the thing on the circuit breaker, and you turn the power back on. And then you and uh, Red both have to pull a lever at the same time once the power's on. Mm-hmm. Which... So you have to know exactly Oof. when he's pulling it so you can match the time. Which they do help you by having him pull it, like, ten times. Yeah, uh, so you can kind of keep trying. And the switch changes color. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I bet there's some leeway to that. Like, I'm not sure how precise they actually require you to be. No, yeah. it doesn't have to be, to be precise. No, you, you can just pull it, like, at, at any time he's standing by the switch. Yeah, but I mean... So it's, like, like, 15 minutes or something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, yeah, they haven't been pulled a bunch of times, so you get a bunch of tries, but you have to, once the power's on, you have to both pull it at the same time, and then the electricity goes off, and Red runs into the, the theater, and, like, pulls open the cage with his bare hands, because he's, like, a giant bull of a man. Yeah. Um, Grayson says, I forget sometimes what a brute you are. Um... And then they go walking off to the bar, and uh, Grace, you get Grayson's mask, which is which lets you pick locks uh, in the so you can like get into any physically locked space in the mansion. Uh, and then your final, uh, so then you you can uh, with that you can like unlock this trap door that was on the stage to get back to the rest of the mansion. Mm-hmm. So that's how they you know prevent you from moving around to the rest of the mansion during that sequence um so then the next pair is uh 
the architect of the mansion, Thanos Gorecki, I think is his last name. Mm-hmm. And uh, his, like, sort of brute sidekick, um, Aurum. Yeah. Who is, like, a famous metal worker. The idea is that everybody who comes to these parties is someone, like, famous or important or, is, you know, some other way, like, noteworthy, because that's the sort of person that Lucas invites to his, uh, his shindigs. And also, they're, like, all kinds of, kind of friends, friends of his, so. Yeah. Um... So, Thanos and Aurum. I could easily see this being the most gruesome death for some people, too. Yeah. <laughs> because it has some certain connotations. Um, so, basically, they end up burning to death in a furnace. Um, it's like a giant phoenix-shaped furnace that was supposed to be repurposed as an elevator, but it's been re-repurposed to be a furnace again. Um, and there's a there's a sort of complicated puzzle where you have to follow Orum around and he keeps, uh, like, hitting these switches on these statues and you have to, like, he's putting them on the wrong symbol and so you have to correct it. Like, you have to follow him around and correct all his statues. But one of the statues, like, the arm gets stolen on it so you have to, like, make a detour to get the arm back so you can pull. Because it's, like it's a like a slot machine so you have to pull the slot machine lever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to go back to get the lever and, um, you know, do that on the side. And there's a whole little runaround. I had a I had a tough... Like, I knew exactly what to do pretty early on in this one. But I had a tough time figuring out just the sequence and order of it. Yeah. Yeah, this one, this one really made me make a lot of use of my map. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, and it's a little bit of a secure, circuitous path because he goes through some doors that you don't have access to get through. Yeah. Um, so you have to kind of, like, take some detours and still try and keep an eye on where he is. And then I, I ran into the issue where, like, I, I was like, oh, I'll just do all, do all the statues and it'll be fine. But I didn't, like, take into account the fact that if I did it before Aram went and got to it, <laughs> then it would just undo my work. Uh, yeah. So, yep. there's that. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Also, I uh, he only like pulls two switches. Yeah, because like, one of them's already... Well, because he doesn't pull the one with the arm that's missing, because it's already in the configuration that he wants it to be, which is the incorrect one. Mm-hmm. Um... And I forget, what's the other one he did? Oh, he just misses um, the other one. It's in the, like, entryway. Yeah. And, and I think you can skip that one, too, because it's, yeah, like, it's all yeah, correct from the beginning. One's, that one's already correct, so as long as you don't touch it, then it's it's nice that they that they make the, the statue, like, change color when it's on the configuration that you need it to be on. That's super helpful. Yeah, there's a lot of good queuing in this game that, I, that feels to me strongly like stuff that must have come out of playtesting. Yeah. Uh, and, like, the, the statues lighting up a different color when you're there on the correct shape is one of them. Definitely. Yeah. I was super thankful for that. Yeah. Um, so you set those all to right, uh, and then you... They don't go into the furnace anyway. Um, so, you know, I, like it's, it's unclear kind of how that stops their death so much as you interrupting them stops their death um yeah but uh at any rate they you get Thanos's mask which is not really important for um 
Like, it doesn't actually give you access to anywhere else. Um, it just... Uh, it just gives you more information about the spaces you're going through, which, like, fills out the little, uh, you know, what do, what do they call it? The ships? Uh, there's, a, there's like, a special name for the menu that they... Oh, yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, I forget what that, what they, what they call that, but it gives you just, like, little entries that you can not read. not like the pamphlet, but it's something like the pamphlet. <laughs> yeah. The, is it the brochure? Is it a brochure? Yeah, the brochure. I think it's the brochure. Um, yeah, so you can fill out the because it's you know it's like a brochure for the casino. Yeah. Um, so you fill out like the all the informational entries in there, uh, or at least a, a chunk of them by mm -hmm. by using the mask. Um, so it's you know it's fine. It's just kind of a little like, hey, you're approaching the end game now. Do you want more story? Because if you want more story, here's some more story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> doesn't and actually really, give you anything. I really felt like the game wanted me to go back and explore everything. Yeah, well, I mean, there is a there is a reward for exploring. Um, there is a secret ending you can get if you get all of the cards. Oh. So. Hmm. I did not. Neither did yeah. I. I did. Because there's um, a shit ton of cards. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of cards. But, but with, like, one exception, um, I feel like most of them are pretty easy to run into if you're like exploring every nook and cranny like if yes. you cl if you click on everything that there is to click on you get 90% of the cards right just like that yeah. yeah so but there's a lot of stuff you need a power that you have not yet gotten yeah so you yeah you have to be like ooh I have this power now I can go back and get into here or do this or you know do that so I I am very much like that's how I play games so for me, I was like, let me back into the mansion. I want to, like, explore all those candles that I didn't get to light. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I, was, uh, I was, like, very adamant about going back to do more exploration. Yeah. Um, so when, when it came to it, I was, like, two cards away from having a full deck when I, like, basically hit the, the end part of the game where you, you know, explore and then decide to go to the end. Mm -hmm. um, and one of them was obvious, and I just, I thought I had checked it, but I hadn't. Mm. Um, it was just like a, a chest somewhere that I hadn't opened. <clears throat> and the other one was admittedly pretty tricky, and I don't think I would have found it if I hadn't fact it. Yep, there you go. That's fine. But just that one, just that one out of 52 is not bad. Yeah, I, I didn't do as much exploring as I think I normally would in a game, because <laughs> there, there's just like that psychological aspect of being under a time constraint even if at points it's not really a time constraint like because you can just keep rewinding but i still feel like like i don't have time to explore i don't have time to look at that thing i gotta go do the other thing like even yeah. if even if they give you a clear point where it's like okay yeah you can just go back and 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 do this stuff or you can rewind if you need to but i i don't know there's like a part of my brain that just doesn't let me do that that <laughs> i just get too stressed out i could see that yeah same yeah um, did you guys, did either of you find the devil? No. The card devil? I don't think so. Um, I don't think so, maybe. So there's a, key, there's a key you can get um, that's on a little table, um, in like right before you go upstairs. Uh, and the key opens the door to a chamber right outside the casino entrance, in which there is a giant shadowy figure chained to a card table. Um... 
and he keeps talking to you about like wanting the playing cards and bring me the cards back. You know you want to bring me the cards. And like the stuff he says one thing and then like what he's actually saying or thinking is like broadcast in big letters on the wall behind him and it's like clear he's trying to kill you or make something really bad happen to you. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, so to get the the secret ending you have to find all the cards and bring him all the cards. Interesting. So what what's the secret? What happens in the secret ending? So the secret ending is a little bit like bittersweet, actually. It it only makes sense in the context of the actual ending. Okay, so I'll okay. wait until we actually talk about that. All right, that makes sense. Um. So the, uh, so once you've saved Thanos and Aurum, um, you can go down to the basement, um, and the basement is where shit starts to get real weird. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Because things in the basement don't follow the rules of the rest of the game. Yeah. There's, mm-hmm. like, giant, giant rooms that, like, don't follow the laws of physics, and there's um, things that stay the same from reset to reset, like, yeah. that, that stay changed once you've changed yeah, them. Yeah. Um, and... It's just, like, really surreal. And there's, like, this giant tree with a door in it, and the lady in red tells you that you need to open up this door. Um, And so you go to... uh, Like, you have to go to these various weird rooms and solve them to to power up the thing. And you see, like, an operating room with someone on a ventilator in the middle, and you see, like, a, a prison cell where someone's been there for, like, years and years and years, um, judging by the fact that, like, there's this tree that's grown there that they must have watered every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's the and graveyard. There's a graveyard, yeah. So there's all these, like, little hints about, you know, the the true nature of what's going on here. Um, oh, I should mention, you've also, you either have or you haven't, but I had uh, been seeing throughout the game, like, glimpses of this figure in a gold mask. Oh, yeah. Kind of like the G-Man in Half-Life, where he's just leaving the room every time you enter it. Mm-hmm. Um, not every time, but, like, periodically throughout the game, you're like, you enter a room, and there he is just leaving. And you're like, oh, it's the guy! Um, so you open up the door in this tree, and you find uh, this guy, and in the center of the tree, he's holding captive this old man in like a glass test tube kind of thing and basically like the guy is like writhing in pain and being tortured yes uh, and it's real creepy and that guy seems to have arbitrary power over like restarting time and resetting you to places and uh, doesn't he he comes up like actually meets you at the midway point like right when you first get knocked down into the theater, right? Like, there's actually a shortcut yeah. scene with him? Yeah, bef- uh, he, like, before the, you, sort of. the, the Red and Grayson yeah. puzzle, he's like, oh, you're not part of, like, like you shouldn't be able to move around. Well, whatever. I'll come back for you later. And then he leaves. And he resets your save point for you. Yeah. He, like, he anchors you to a clock in the theater so you can't leave. Mm-hmm. Which, like, no one else has that power in the game, so it's, like, kind of creepy. Yeah. Um. So you... You meet this tortured guy, um, you get a ring from him, like an engagement ring, Yeah. and you have to take it outside the mansion to the this, like, woman in the woods who's been there, like, with, she's, like, very clearly pregnant, um, 
and she's got like a, a little cradle out there that's you know they're preparing for the baby or whatever and the so you go into the room uh, where she is wearing this ring and then suddenly you're teleported back to the mansion and the mansion is just on fire it's like burning down and you have to use your clock powers to like get through the mansion before the the area you're in like burns up completely and like get back to the little cottage mm-hmm. and you get back to the cottage and you discover that the cottage uh, the, the woman in the cottage is uh, Lucas's wife and um, you hear like she she just gives you her mask yeah um, like you don't have to solve any puzzle or anything uh, and it, her mask has the power to like move through mirrors in the because all of the staff members have been clearly walking through mirrors like you see them disappear into rooms and you go into the room and like there's nothing there except for the mirror yeah so it's like pretty clear that they've been walking through mirrors and uh, so she there's a little bit of a story about how um, like you know the the this little cottage outside the mansion is actually where like um, Lucas and his wife like felt comfortable and felt safe and so she was just taking a break from the party for a little bit and that's why she's out there um, so what happens next do you use the mask power um, get back to the basement I think yeah, I think it so. like auto teleports you back to the basement or something yeah I think there's a cutscene because I know I remember being frustrated by there being a long sequence of cutscenes because I really just wanted to get back to the mansion and try out these different powers that well, I'd gotten. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure how you get back, but you start following that guy through different rooms oh, and yeah, all yeah. the murders. So, yeah, that's right. So there's a cutscene where he, he takes you through the... Uh, you go through the mirror that's in her study there at the behest, I think, of the bleeding woman. Yeah. Uh, and you wind up in the back in the central uh, tree chamber again. Uh, surrounded by mirrors and the gold skull mask guy uh, walks you through um, the, like all the deaths from the from the sexy brutal and he's he's talking about like how how he is a murderer and like ask, basically asking you to judge him um, so yeah, so you see all the deaths one by one. You can like inspect their death scenes, um, and then you see you go. You end up in the graveyard, um, and you see that the little mausoleum um, in the back of the graveyard is dedicated to the wife mm-hmm. character. Um, and then I forget where you go from there. Uh, you have to go back up to the chapel where where the first guy got killed, and you use the stained glass power, and that takes you like up yeah. to. Okay, so yeah, the that's last cutscene. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So they put you back in the the uh, mansion, and that's the point where you can just explore wherever you want, um, if you want to. Yeah. Uh, and you use the ring that they gave you to open like the only door that's been unopenable, and then you get back to where the game started, and yeah, and you can get to the end game section, which is in the clock tower. Yes. As is appropriate. Yeah. Game about time. Yep. Yep. Um, and then there's the whole, like, big reveal, um, which is that this entire thing has been a, like, a guilt-induced memory of uh, Lucas's, and the the guy in the, 
the um, like glass jar was Lucas, and the the gold skull man is Lucas, and also you are Lucas, and all of the henchmen are Lucas, so, <laughs> and all of the henchmen. Are yeah, Lucas. so so everything is Lucas. Yeah, so it's so the very, big it's very being John Malkovich. Yeah, so so the big reveal is that um, basically Lucas was wanted to blow up the hotel and get the insurance money from it so that he and his wife could just like start over with their he baby. Was way too lavishly and was in crazy debt. Yeah, so he wanted to like start over and live a more simple life with his wife and their and their soon-to-be-born child, uh, but he screwed up and the bomb went off too early. Yeah, so the plan had been all the guests are outside on the lawn, everybody watches the mansion burn down, and he has a bunch of witnesses who saw him like not in the mansion when it was burning down. Yeah, um, but that, that screwed up, and instead the hotel burned down with everybody in it. Uh... <laughs> Um, yeah, and killed all of his friends, and killed all of them. So, so the, and his wife and unborn child. Yeah. So, so like because this is all basically a memory. The deaths that you see are just like fabrications, and they all just died in the fire instead. Um, yeah. So you basically have to because you see him setting up a bomb, uh, and you you have to solve a little a little puzzle to stop the bomb from going off, which is like you have a split second where you can set your pocket watch to this uh, time bomb because there's a clock on the bomb. So, um, and then you restart time and you end up outside of the room where he brings the pocket or the, the bomb and you cut the wires because there's wire cutters there and you just do it. Um, and then that like stops it from exploding. Yeah. Another case where like it really benefits from being very tightly confined because if it weren't for the fact that there's only like three things you can actually do, yeah. uh, it would be really easy or really tough to figure out what you're supposed to do in that situation. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, setting your clock to the bomb is not something I thought of. Right. It's a very like atypical, um, like it's, it's very different from anything else you've done in your problem solving in the game. Yeah. Um, and that's like, that's I think what makes it a good final puzzle is because it it has a very like unusual feel to it, which sets it apart. Yeah, but at the same time, it's it's still like telegraphed enough because you could clearly see like there's a clock on this bomb. There's also like there's only a handful of things you can interact with. Yeah. And you can only interact for a few seconds, so you know you can't do anything super complicated. Yeah. Um, so you have just enough time to like get down there, do one thing. Uh, and then you're done because so we we didn't mention this but um, in the rest of the game and and in this part anytime you are in the room with someone else who is wearing a mask that mask sees you and tries to attack you yeah so you can't stay in the room you have to like run out of the room and that is also true of Lucas's mask his mask will attack you if you come down from the rafters to the place where he's working so there's only like two moments where he leaves the room to go fiddle with the bomb in the other room mm-hmm. um, and those are the only two moments where you can actually come downstairs and do anything and you can't do anything except in that downstairs area so yeah so it's so it's, it's, it's weird but it's confined. yeah but it's it's sort of roped off pretty nicely um, yeah. yeah and then and I think that's where you get the reveal that you are Lucas, and Lucas is Lucas, and the guy in the gold mask is Lucas, and all of the henchmen are also Lucas, <laughs> and and basically he like feels super guilty, so he's built this like what what did they call it in Hannibal a memory palace? Yeah, yeah. So he's basically built himself this memory palace where uh, he's 
like putting himself through an eternity of of psychological torture because self torture yeah of, of his guilt. Um, yeah, because he feels like the you know it can't it, he the only proper thing for him to do is to never forget what he did to these people. Mm-hmm. So he like replays it with like as gruesomely as possible uh, in in his mind. Yeah, which is which is dark and sad and. Um, left me at the the first time, like at first I felt very frustrated by it, but then I decided that that was like appropriate because that's, um, like that's how he feels and that's sort of what you're supposed to feel is frustrated that you can't save everyone. Yeah. Um, so then I I sort I, I got sort of annoyed because I was like, well, this is an awfully convoluted ending to this <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it seemed it like it still got me somehow. Yeah, it seemed like it wasn't going quite that like off the rails, uh, like psychological until like it seemed like it was going off the rails supernatural in a way that was interesting. Um, but it didn't seem like it would have this kind of ending until real close to the end. Yeah, there was like yeah. Once you get into the area with like the the tree, big tree mm-hmm. room, where it's like this is all. Like, none of this makes any sense. What's mm-hmm. going on? Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, basically, the, then the ending is the bleeding lady, like, saying, like, look, you gotta forgive yourself. Because I think the bleeding the bleeding lady's, like, Eleanor, right? Yeah, it's yeah. his wife. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and basically, she doesn't even say, like, she's actually very pointed about, like, you can never know if we would have forgiven you for yeah. this. Like, that's, you know, that's just the way it is. But... You can't keep like tor- you have to go live your life. Like which, you know, your wife wouldn't have wanted you to torture yourself forever. Yeah, which I, it's it's an interesting distinction to make is that I guess she's not actually Eleanor, but she's Lucas's you know psychological. Lucas. Yeah, she she yeah she's like his sort of psychological projection of his wife. Um, yeah. So yeah, so you don't. You don't actually know if she would have forgiven him, but I guess, you know, because they were married, he can sort of surmise that that, that, that this is what she would have wanted, that she would have wanted him to eventually, you know, go make go make his own memories, I think is what, what the mm-hmm. what they said in the ending yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's sort of just like and and the idea is that then you are given so the man in the golden mask doesn't agree. He he's the part of Lucas that wants to just stay there torturing himself forever. Yeah. And so he gives you the option to rewind the day. It's like or you can just keep going. Like we can just keep doing this forever. Yeah. Um and you actually have the mechanical option. The game gives you the choice. Do you want to restart the day? Uh the same way it gives you whenever you touch the pocket watch. Mhm. Um, and I did the first time because I'm like, no, 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 there was still shit in the mansion I wanted to look for. Uh, and then it just takes you back into the mansion before that end sequence. Yeah. So, which which is nice of them to give you that out in case you did want to go do that, do all the yeah. other stuff. Um, but if you if you decide to to finally let go, then um, uh, like. Lucas puts on this golden mask like the old, the, or the Lafcadio Lucas does um, and like versions of him uh, parade throughout the the mansion and save everybody simultaneously mm-hmm. so that like there's one day where everyone in the mansion gets properly rescued 
Because basically, in in the rest of the game, when you're saving everyone, everyone else is still dying. You're like saving one person, but everyone that you're not saving is still dying in that time. Yeah, line. and then yeah. every time you unwind it, it just resets. Yeah, and they die again. Yeah. Yeah. Which, um, I yeah. wonder, so it, I mean, I feel like it's probably done in such a way that it's like actually impossible to save everyone. But it reminds me of how some madman figured out a way to like a really convoluted and involving a lot of tight timing way uh, in Majora's Mask to I I believe it was to do like all of the side quests that show up in your bomber's notebook in 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 a a one three day span like (laughs) uh, and I've, I've seen I think there's like a video of it somewhere and I've never watched it but I read about that being a thing that some some brilliant brilliant insane person just figured out yeah uh so yeah i thought that would be the case for like the last one yeah that you have to do it all simultaneously either save everyone or stop the bad guy yeah Yeah. um yeah that thought had occurred to me early on as well i actually did try to see what would happen um if i if i re-rescued someone who died earlier in the day if i could just keep going uh and you can't um, if you rescue someone that you've already rescued, then uh, the bloody woman appears and she says, like, you know, don't worry about this person now. This, you know, someone else is the person you're supposed to be rescuing. Um, and then she restarts the day. For, she restarts the day for you. So okay, so it actually is impossible to do then. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so the game actively prevents that. Yeah. Huh. But uh, yeah, so you go, you save everyone, and then. Um, Lucas wakes up, like, in the graveyard, and he's an old man, and he's sad, but presumably, like, can move on. Yeah. Um, should, should we talk about, like, this is something that bothers me in games, where, like, in the end, you have a choice, but it's not really a choice. Yeah. It's like, do you want to complete the game? Yeah, I, you know, like I said, I think I appreciated it. For me, because it was basically like, "Hey, are you ready to finish the game now, or did you have stuff you still wanted to do?" Yeah. And uh, like, are you ready yeah. to see the ending, or did you want to go back and play some more? And I'm like, I, I want to go back and play some more first, please. Yeah, I, I like being able to go back, but I don't like it being presented as a choice. Yeah, oh, that's fair. Um, you would you would prefer more like the the Kingdom Hearts solution where you get to the final door and it says. Hey, this is the like last place. There are no more saves beyond this point. Yeah. Are you sure you want to go through? Mm-hmm. I think I prefer this. Yeah, it's at least more straightforward. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I like how it mirrors um the like the sort of narrative of the game, right? Because the idea is that he's trapped in repeating this this horrible night over and over and over, but he can't keep doing that forever. And the idea is that you've been playing this game, but you you can't keep playing the game forever. Like sooner or later, you you gotta decide enough is enough, and it's time to be the end now. Yeah, I, I, and, and I mean, like I, making that as a conscious decision, I think is an is important for the resonance of the narrative. Mm-hmm. And I guess you know both both this method and the Kingdom Hearts method do serve the same purpose. It's just, do you want to break the fourth wall or not? You know, yeah. do, do you want do you want the the you know, rewind to be diegetic, I guess. I, I don't know if diegetic is necessarily yep, the right word to use correct. there. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, uh, d- you know, do you, 
how do you want to play it? And mm-hmm. I, I guess yeah. it's, it's a little surprising that they did it this way because I didn't feel like this game was, I mean, this game was not that narratively focused until you get the to end. these last cutscenes. Yeah, and then it's yeah. like, here's the plot. Yeah, maybe that's what bothered me about it. Now that you mentioned that, that's like totally spot on. That's a good observation. It's like most of the game is mechanical up yeah. until that point. Like you get some info on the characters and that's cool, but you like you just don't concern yourself with the story pretty much at all until that l- very last moment. Yeah, like and honestly like I don't care about the story. <laughs> yeah, I I really didn't either. Like I I remember getting into the late game you know, before they gave us, before they sort of wrapped up the plot, and thinking, you know, I have no fucking clue what is going on, and I don't know if that's like my fault because I just like missed too much stuff, or if if that's if that's just an aspect of the game. Like I, I distinctly remember worrying, like I don't know what this plot is at all, and I'm not going to be able to talk about it for the podcast. Um, <laughs> and then and then they just kind of gave it to me, uh, yeah. but but yeah, I. It, it was a weird shift from basically, yeah, from purely mechanically focused game to, okay, now we're going to tell you what's going on. Yeah, and it's, it, yeah, some more, like, some lead up to that, some more, like, planting some stuff earlier in the game would probably have helped ease into that. Yeah. Um, they do let, you can go to that cabin uh, outside the mansion uh, as soon as you have Tequila Bell's power. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, like, watch... You can't get into the cabin, but you can, like, watch her rocking that cradle um, for yeah. as long as you feel like it. Yeah, uh, I did that. I thought about staying there um, for 12 hours if yeah, anything yeah, happened. I, I almost did that as well, but then I'm like, no, nah, she's just going to rock that cradle the entire time. Um, which is weird, because there's no baby in it, so why is she rocking the cradle? That's creepy. Um, Anticipation. Yeah, I guess she's practicing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, that's a little bit of a hint that there's, like, gonna be something, like, narrative-wise. Um, but, yeah, they could have done more to, like, plant, like, this is all a dream sort of stuff uh, earlier on. Or yeah. less, less in the ending. This. I don't know. Yeah, I, had I guess it depends really, on if you, yeah, how you feel about it. I had a blast with the game. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really fun. Yeah, and the then comes the ending where it's like, here's the plot. Bam, bam, bam. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, by the way, there was this whole, like, narrative strewn about. I guess I cared about the narrative resolution mostly because even though there wasn't a lot of plot leading up to it, I cared about the characters enough because I had watched them die so many times. And That's I felt true. like I had a strong sense of them. Yeah. Yep. Um, you don't get anything about the characters in the end. You do. It's essentially like they're all dead. They died in the fire. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, so in the, yeah, the end does not feel satisfactory in terms of like resolving the characters and their stories. That's true. Um, but it did make me want to get to that end. Um, but you can learn a lot about the characters if you explore and like read. You can find each character has an invitation that gives you like a little bio. Mm-hmm. For them, and then there's like other little stuff um, that's that's sort of scattered throughout. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. That's the end of the game. Tell us about the secret ending. 
Right. So uh, if you so there's a there's a big devil, and I would recommend looking it up because it's one of the creepiest rooms in the game. Um, there's a big devil chained to a card table, and if you bring him all the cards, um, he like he does that devil kind of thing. Like, hey, you don't have him to make a decision at all. Like, this can all let's just you know let's stay here forever and it'll be soothing and it'll be great. There's a sort of weird implication that the devil is representative of Lucas's gambling addiction. Mm. Um, which doesn't match with the secret ending, but whatever. So so if you, you give in to the devil um, and bring him all the cards, he takes you to a night at the party and everyone's in the like big ballroom, um, the one that leads out to the garden. Um and they're all just like dancing and having fun, and you can just stay there as long as you want, um, and like talk to everybody and watch them dancing and having fun until you like shatter the glass and decide to leave. Hmm. So the idea is, it's I think is it, it's one of those traps that like make you not want to leave, right? Yeah. The like I'm putting you in a dream world that's comforting and happy, so you don't have to like. So you can hide from the real world and your real problems? Yeah, I guess, well, I know you said that, like, maybe the devil is his gambling addiction, but you're not sure if that fits. But I, I could see that fitting because, I mean, okay, maybe, I, like, I've never had a gambling addiction, but I could see that being a form of escapism, which is similar to the escapism that, like, this ending would give you. Where yeah. it's like, surprise, everything's actually okay, wink, wink. Yep. So, huh. And uh, that... That, by the way, is the the, the secret ending. Uh, is the the moment I decided where the that the Grayson uh, red thing is canon. Oh, okay. Um, so, as a as a like inveterate slash fan, yeah. um, I am really really practiced and experienced at seeing subtext and like reading into subtext. But at the same time, probably because of that. I am also very, very hesitant to abs- to ascribe intentionality to the creators, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because I'm convinced that I'm just reading into it and that, like, this is sort of, you know, could be read either way. Maybe they didn't intend it this way. And so it takes an awful lot for me to convince myself that something is intentional on the part of the creators. Um, so there's a lot of hints in the game about Red. Um, there's, like... The, uh, you know, there's the, the death scene itself where he, like, literally kills himself trying to save uh, Grayson. Um, there's, in his bio, there's a thing about how he would go to the ends of the earth, like, for people that he's loyal to. Um, if you, there's a room in the basement where, like, there's everyone's portraits, um, and it talks about, like, the how their deaths are planned. Um, and Reds says something about, like, He's loyal to a fault, manipulate his affections as needed. Mm. Um, and there's, uh, there was one more. Oh, in the deaths, when you're like going on the death tour with Lucas in the gold mask at the end, um, and you, he talks about that death, he mentions that it would have been more painful for Red to uh, have to watch Grayson die first. Oh, that is true. Yeah. Uh, than it was to die himself. Uh, and so, you know, like, so there's all this little sort of, um, like, maybe, maybe not stuff in there. And then in the secret ending, if you talk to Red, he and, by the way, he and Grayson are doing this absolutely goofy, synchronized dance. 
And, like, Grayson's yelling at him about how he's doing it wrong, but, like, Red's clearly having a great time. Apparently they rehearsed it to do at oh. this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you talk to Red, he says something about, like, um, you know, like, I'm having such a great time here. I feel like I'm on top of the world. Maybe I'll finally tell Grayson that dot, 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 nah, never mind. Ah, uh, yep. And for me, I'm like, okay, that's intentional. Like, there's, there's, you can't tell me that that was intended to be a just friendship like line. Yeah. Like that's that is there to confirm that Red has a crush on Grayson. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's that's pretty pretty cut and dried. Once you, yeah. once you get to that point, for sure. Hmm. Yeah. So that was the straw that did it for me. Right. Yeah. That is, I could yeah. see that for sure. Ah. Oh. So that's the game. This is all Lucas' imagination. (laughs) That's true. So who knows what the reality was? Yeah. He's writing fanfic. Yeah, exactly. Maybe maybe Lucas, when he's not uh, watching his friends die horrible deaths, is writing friend fiction about them. Yeah, it's it's having daydreams about their romantic lives. Mm. Or like fixing up his friends like, hey, those two are both gay. I bet they'd be really cute together. As, As you do. When you yeah. have friends, I guess. Uh, yeah, don't Not that any don't, of us would... don't write friend fiction about your friends. That's yeah, it's a little creepy. That's a little creepy. Not that's not a big fan of that. Very creepy. <laughs> unless unless they help it's you about write me. it. No, unless they help you write it. I I um. <laughs> so writing it about yourself is fine. Yeah. No. I I had some <laughs> I had some friends in high school. Who, one of them is a guy that I dated for a long time, and the other one was like, you know, a guy that I'd been friends with. And uh, within our friend group, uh, uh, one of our friends wrote fan fiction. So we got the idea at lunch one day to write like a slash fic about about these two guys, and we just did it like at lunch over over a couple of days. And they were like, they were there while we were writing this fan fiction <laughs> about them, and they just were like, "Ooh, you should do this. That'll be hilarious." It was like. <laughs> It was like comedy slash fic, but it was, yeah. it was, um, that's, I think that's the only time when you should write friend fiction is if you have their blessing. <laughs> For um, possibly participation. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's that disclaimer. Oh, I feel, this, yeah, I feel like this was it. like a, a harrowing talk about, but this is, this is a really complicated game to talk about, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I liked it a lot. I, I agree with with you Carl that like it's it's just really like the mechanic is really engaging and mm-hmm. there's a fun cycle of like scoping it out and then like coming up with a plan and then trying to put the plan in action um, that just it feels really satisfying especially when it works when it yeah. works it feels incredibly satisfying <laughs> it's it's got like the, the time constraint which I know is like an artificial thing because you can just keep restarting it. It's like Majora's Mask. You can just keep restarting it. But it it gave me a nice level of stress, like a a, a pleasant amount of stress. Where it's like, uh oh, I gotta go, gotta go run over here now and do this thing. Even though really you don't have to worry about it that much. Yeah, it's time <laughs> such that it's like you can take your time. It's it's very part. generous. Um, but sometimes. The, I For think the, the only part, yeah. one that's tight is the willow blue one where you have to feed the thing with the fish. Yeah. Like, that one's a little tight timing-wise. But yeah. The one that I thought was tight was when you have to, like, remove, change the record and light 
for the ghosts. You have to be a bit precise on that, I guess. Um, but you do spend a lot of time, at least I did, uh, eventually, uh, in the morning, just, like, sitting there watching him, waiting for his cue when he, like, gets up and leaves. Right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was... Uh, I, yeah, I think it's incredibly well designed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, I, there's a lot of stuff that could easily have gone very wrong in terms of working this kind of thing out and getting these sorts of puzzles to, to feel good and work well. Uh, and I think, like, all of them were... None of them were frustrating to the point where I felt like I should stop. Yeah. Although it, it did... And I, I feel like this was intentional, but I, due to the time constraint sort of thing... There were a lot of instances where animations felt like they took forever. <laughs> like every time yes. you, every time you restart the, the day, yeah, get into closet and every time you restart the day, you're like on the floor and you have to spend like 15 seconds getting up before you can even move around or like opening the doors. Uh, I'm sure it's not a full 15 seconds, no, but I, I, I understand what you mean. Yeah, um, <laughs> opening it like a key code door. Yeah, yeah. It's and so and fun. there were so many times where I'm like, ah, go faster. But I also know that that's probably intentional to to mm-hmm. sort of ramp up that that uh, urgency. So yeah, and they. Oh my god, they do such a good job with this urgency and the sound cues. Yeah. The fact that the right before the person that you're supposed to be saving dies, the music gets like really tense and fast. And like there's this big dramatic build up and like then the death will happen and then after the death it goes back to like the fun the regular junkie. music, yeah. And <laughs> also and... when you when you play in the beginning, you hear this these sounds in the building. And you sort of progress through the game, and you start to learn what they mean. And yeah, yeah. Like, oh, the bell's tolling. That means that Willow just died. Yeah, and the like, which is sort of disturbing. And the glass shattering sound, which I was so confused because I thought it was mistimed for the longest time, because it happens right before Tequila's glass shatters, but like noticeably enough before that it can't be hers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when uh, Lucas falls out of the clock tower. Oh, yeah. That's true. Is what makes that sound. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I happened to notice, I happened to see it happen once when I was, uh, and, and now I don't actually remember if this was me or if this was me watching Seanbo's playthrough, but I think mm. it was me, um, uh, be out in the garden yeah. when that happened and saw the body fall. Mm-hmm. And it's right after the glass shatters. So that's him falling out the window. Yeah. Yeah. That, I thought that was super great. I thought that was Bell. What? Which which part was dumb? No, no, I thought it was uh, Bell. Oh, okay. Like, what's the name? Tequila Bell. Right, right, right. Yeah. I thought you said that was dumb. I, 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 I like that they kept all of those sound cues in, because they could have very easily taken out the ones that weren't relevant to you at that moment, but at being able to see these deaths happen and, you know, figuring out, like, oh, that's what that is, or the the, the statue arms that just make noise all the time... Whenever, whenever they get pulled, like... <laughs> yeah, it makes a yeah. slot machine noise. Yeah. The ching 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 sound. Which, I think that was the only one that got annoying to me. It was like, that, you wouldn't be able to hear that. That's stupid, but, but, <laughs> but, they, they but that does serve function, a purpose. They basically function like audio landmarks, mm-hmm. right? Like, you're like, oh, this is where I am in the day. I just heard this thing happen. 
um, which is cool. Like that's a neat idea. It's cool and, and it's something really like useful. And it's not something like any game can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. something like this game sort of innovates. Yeah, it would have to be like a diorama game like this where things just happen whether you're there or not. Yeah, it it reminds me of the, I mean, a much higher stakes version of the, uh, like the hologram logs in Tacoma where you (laughs) sort of, you just got to pick a person and follow them through the the space. Yeah, I... I've, I've like so want Shanbo to play Tacoma now because I like as as I was watching him play this I'm like there is so much interesting to compare between this and Tacoma in terms of like story being located in physical space yeah. and like continuing on whether you're there to watch it or not mm-hmm. and it's like absolutely like an interesting juxtaposition I love that kind of stuff because I I know how difficult it must be to like script it in such a way especially especially in Tacoma where it's like Here's a bunch of people just walking around and having conversations, and it must be so difficult to to choreograph and script it in such a way that it doesn't feel forced, that it doesn't feel yeah. choreographed. So I was yeah. super impressed by that, and and it, it's a little more gamey in the sexy brutal, but still just like really well done. Yeah, that's the thing is like in Tacoma encourages you to like take your time more and to like leisurely follow every single person from start to finish Mm -hmm. and like really explore and see the full scope of the narrative. Whereas this is like you need to figure out what parts of this are important and you need to figure out fast. Yeah. Because people are dying. So chop chop. Yeah. 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 And the music is godlike. Yeah. (laughs) Real good. Yeah, they do some very strong things musically. Mm-hmm. Um, the I, UI. Yeah, that, so that's it, literally the next thing I was going to bring up. Good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love the fact that they like focus around like a casino. So they have like the ships, they have like the roulette wheel, mm-hmm. they yeah. have like the green background for the, the map. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the map is like on a on like a pool table type thing. Yeah, yeah. or like a, a poker green. Yeah. Yeah, they have all the little theming is great. The you know the way it's all like there's also some card theming on that uh, section. That's a it's a brochure. There's invitations. Um, yeah, the little roulette wheel that indicates what is and isn't interactable is such a vital part of this game. Yeah, um, and it's it's really well done, and it like subtly changes the color when you have interacted with something that day mm-hmm. um, to just sort of remind you like what you have and haven't touched. Um, which is great if you're like me or a collector, then you come into a room and you make sure that the first time you get into any new room, you touch all the things that are touchable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just like really clear, concise, you know, precise communication about things. The The only thing that, that threw, threw all of us off was that thing about the, uh, the map information. Yeah. Or at least threw me and yeah. Carol off. And, and, Another thing about the map that threw me off is the way that the camera angle sort of slightly changes on the rooms as you move through them. Yeah. Uh, like, like I would be in a room and be like, I which one is north? And have to, like, open up the actual map to remember, like, which one is north so that I remember which way I'm going. That was a little frustrating at times. But it wasn't, like, terrible. Like, it, it never, like, 180s you. It just kind of tilts you a little bit. So, also, so like, Sean... the map is super easy. To, like, it goes, it goes fast. Yeah. To, like, bring up the map, check where we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's easy to use for sure. Yeah. Um, Shanba pointed out that that problem with the like map disorienting on the direction um, doesn't actually get super bad until you're down in the basement. Yeah. Where it's like that... intentionally difficult and disorienting for you to figure out like where you're going and what that space is like. Yeah, that's that's where I really really started getting to notice that. And I, I didn't and have any problems in the basement, but I did have some earlier. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's maybe that's not a universal rule. Yeah, maybe. But that was when you noticed it anyway, and it seemed relatively consistent. And and that's, I mean, we all sort of agree that the basement is the weirdest, sort of most surreal part. So I, I mean, maybe that was intentional. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if if it if any part of it, if you would do any place intentionally that way, it would be the basement. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe it was like the basement was like the one area where actually memorized layout oh yeah. my my spatial memory is super bad <laughs> yeah. so it's the one spot where you didn't have to rely on the map as much yeah yeah, yeah. that's true hmm. um, but yeah so yeah the, that was the last thing on my list was like also mention the gooey and how good the gooey is yeah oh um just all in all like super well designed uh little game mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I, I had a ton of fun I'm sorry it took us so long to get to talk about it ah, that's fine I think, I, think, I think now I need to just go back and like do a more leisurely sort of <laughs> like get all the cards and maybe, maybe do that secret ending that sounded like a fun yeah, little supplement it's kind of, it's kind of cute it's, it's, a, you know, it's a nice thing if you, if you don't mind if you enjoy playing it it's like a nice little goal to strive for mm-hmm. so I think I'm. I think I'm missing some invitations too. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. The uh, most of the um, since the cards are provided as like um, you know like letters you know like suits and numbers like mm-hmm. it's a, it's an actual deck of cards. I would recommend like a checklist so that if you get to the end and you're like missing three of them, you can say like, okay, these are the three I'm missing. Let me look up where they are. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, so that's the sexy I basically, I basically, like, um, I, I read through the fact and tried to see if any of the ones didn't look familiar to me. Oh, yeah. I'm like, which of these look like I might not have done them yet? And then one of them I was like, I thought I did this. Let me double check. And it turned out I hadn't. And then the other one was like, oh, I know for sure I haven't done that. That's crazy weird. Like, why would I have done that? So wait, I, don't, um, I don't remember. Does which it... was the weird one? The weird one oh, is yeah. if you... Um, if you so first you have to have seen the um the guy hide that arm in the dumbwaiter the arm for the slot machine um so that you know that you can access the dumbwaiter and then on a day where you he has not yet put the arm in the dumbwaiter you have to go check the dumbwaiter oh uh, yeah cuz it's in the cards in there before he puts the arm in there ah hmm. yeah that's tricky which is probably not something I would have tried on my own without the fact. Yeah. So does it... Can you, can you get it from both the basement and the above? Place? I don't know. I, I didn't try it from the basement. Um, I only tried it from the, like, above part, because that seemed easier. Yeah. Um, because, like, once you've seen once you've seen him put the arm in once, you know that that's a place that you can look, so you, you don't ever have to go do that part again. But... Yeah, but if you get it from the basement, I can see, like... You just shake everything in the room and get a card. I guess that's true. If you're there early enough in the day, that could happen. Mm-hmm. 
Um, like I said, I, I tried it from above, so I don't know for sure if it works in the basement or not. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's still pretty tricky. Seanbo did that puzzle, by the way, where you have to retrieve the arm from the dumbwaiter in the basement. He never discovered that the dumbwaiter goes down to the basement. He ran all the way upstairs to get the arm. Oh, no. Yeah. Because oh. you have to use it again for the thing that's in the basement. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But it works. You have enough time to do it. Um, yeah, that's true, so. I guess. Cause, cause, and that what? makes me, like, between that and the other, like, uh, Victrola problem, or, like, whatever, the, you know, the vinyl problem, mm -hmm. makes me think that, like, a few of these can actually be solved in a few ways as long as they make sense. Yeah. Because I guess in the basement, it, you're not really on a time constraint, because mm -hmm. the, the basement puzzles sort of carry over between restarts. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess that's fine. Yeah. Huh. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was Sexy Brutal. Yeah. Um, I, I, was, I would highly recommend people play it, but at this point, if you, like, haven't played it already, and you, you've just listened to us spoil the entire thing, so you should have played it already. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, we, I think we all agree that, that it's mechanically fun enough that who really cares if it's spoiled? Yeah, yeah and there's good, like... You know, it's good to experience mood-wise. Like, there's cool mood music. It's fun to see the characters. Grayson has, like, the most ridiculous walk animation ever conceived, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. And you get to see them die over and over and again. Over Shut. and over again. Yeah. And, and, you know, even though we've, like, basically outlined all of the solutions, I think, I think there's enough complexity that it's, like, you still got to figure out where to go and what, yeah. where the items are that you need to interact with, so... I want more murders. Yeah. <laughs> yes, DLC, more murders. DLC, those other friends you had that also died in the fire. <laughs> yep. Surprise. The other house that also was in fire. Yeah, surprise, there's like another, a whole other mansion just like annexed. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, it's a dream mansion. It can be whatever size and shape he wants it to be. That's true. That is true. Hmm. Like, it was, it's mentioned that, like, you know, the giant fish was obviously not a real thing, and, like, the giant spider was, like, he never had anything like that, and yeah. they don't actually grow to be that big. And But I wanted it, so here it is. Yep. Yep. That's true. So, theoretically, infinite deaths. You just make up friends to die. Yep. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, all right. Shall I? Anyway, shall yeah, let's I talk about what we're talk doing about... next since it's been a month. Yeah, it's been a month. Since we played new games. Uh, so the next game that we were playing feels I don't know, sort of similar to this one, but in a in a in a weirder way. Uh, it's we're going to be playing the Norwood Suite by uh, Cosmo D. This game came out I don't know early early October I think. So it's pretty it's pretty new. Uh, basically a sort of first-person uh, adventure game involving a big surrealist hotel, which is sort of similar to this big dream space casino. Um, and I, I don't know. I feel like there's not a whole lot. And it, I looks, can... it looks scary from the trailer, yeah, uh, which it's... I hope I'm not going to be mad at you for scaring me. <laughs> no, it's it's really not. It's, it's just very, very strange. Um, but... I think I think once once you play this game, you will you will understand that it is exactly the kind of game that I like. 
Okay. I mean, it looks like a Kelsey game. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it is. Uh, it, basically, it's a game about sort of solving the mystery of, of, of the hotel uh, and the owner of the hotel. Uh, and extra credit, the, the guy who made this game, uh, Cosmo D, also has another game called uh, Off Peak, which is also on Steam. Off Peak is uh, a freeware game, and it's it's pretty short. Neither of these games is... I mean, Off Peak is, like, really short. Uh, the Norwood Suite is also not very long. So if you, if you feel like playing Off Peak, it's loosely a prequel. They take place in the same world, but the events aren't, like, super, super intricately tied together. So take it or leave it. Oh God, the last uh, the last time we played a scary adventure game that with a prequel that was loosely tied but not really connected, it was the Cat Lady. So no, this is and... this is like actually not scary. It's just it's just like surreal. Like there there aren't there aren't to my memory any like jump scares or anything. It's it's all just like a weird atmosphere and and some like mildly creepy things that you might see like off in the distance that you don't like you don't interact with them they don't do anything they're just kind of there okay so well we'll see i may have to remind you you said that when we come yeah back. you might you might have to uh ho- hopefully not. i will say i will say carl that uh the the cat lady is one of the games that i like still think about on a regular basis because of like how innately disturbing it was to me in, in many ways yeah yeah like and i didn't i don't feel like the the feelings that i most remember about it are not things are not feelings i enjoyed having at the time <laughs> but they definitely stuck with me yeah the cat lady got pretty gruesome I appreciated it, but yeah. Yeah. If we ever do a games retrospective, let's not play that one again, please. That's fair. We could we could not play that one. So, uh yeah. The Norwood suite, it's uh I think it's actually slightly on sale right now. It looks like it's twenty percent off. I mean it's Sweet. it's it's ten bucks regularly, so it's like you know, not not that expensive, yeah. It's it says seven ninety nine, so okay, yeah. Either way, not a super expensive game, but yeah, get it while it's uh, slightly on sale. Until get it while it's hot, yeah, get it while it's hot, and then uh, if you're so inclined, uh, play Off Peak because that's free. Cool. You yeah. may have to tweet me the name of that so I don't forget it. Yeah, I will. I'll do that. I'll I'll just like do a tweet when I do all the, all the tweets. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Tweet tweet it to everybody. Don't just tweet yeah. it to me. Yeah. So. So do that. You have two weeks to do that. Yeah, two weeks to do that. It's <laughs> I'm like forgetting what what the next thing I'm supposed to say is. Do you want to? Should do, we do plugs? Yeah, plugs is the is the next thing that happens. Yes. Uh, hello, I'm Kelso at Kelso Time Bomb on Twitter. Uh, hi, I'm, Kelso. Hi, Carl. <laughs> um, also, I have an art Twitter at K Time Bomb Art. I fell off of Inktober, uh, like halfway through the month, uh, and I haven't really done anything because I've had other other crap going on. Hopefully there'll be more there, but you know, it's there for whatever for whatever you feel like going there. Yeah. Who's next? Uh, so I am at Kyla underscore Go on Twitter. Um, normally I do a <clears throat> Sunday morning stream um, called Uncaged Fury, where I play old games that uh, I missed when they were brand new, and we sort of 
you know, try and get a first-time experience playing it and see sort of how the nostalgia holds up, things like that. Uh, we just finished Castlevania Symphony of the Night last week. Um, so I'm on a short break this week and next week, since next week's my birthday, um, before I start the next one. And the next one is probably going to be uh, Super Mario Sunshine. So. Nice. That'll be good. Is it Super Mario Sunshine or is it just Mario Sunshine? I have no idea if I'm saying Super it wrong. Mario I think Sunshine. it's Super, yeah. Mario, okay. Um, yeah, so that's probably, assuming that I can, you know, get the appropriate tech for it, um, that is what I'm going to be playing next. Cool. Yep. And I'm at Scub3 on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Right. We really need a need to come up with like a second sentence for you to say after that because it always feels so like anticlimactic for you to say just the one thing, or maybe you okay. should start going first. I should get another Twitter. <laughs> yeah, you should have two Twitters. Yeah, like just just make a bot. That... I am Scug. I am Scug three on Twitter and also Scug four on Twitter. Weren't you Scug four before and then you changed it? I was. Yeah. <laughs> so you should just have both and have one of them be like a bot. So it's, it's a time bump. Yeah. Taking down. Yeah. Uh oh. What what happens when when the timer goes off? The casino I'll explodes. Stop. Oh oh. Yeah. Casino burns down. <laughs> yeah. The casino burns down and you like throw yourself off the Twitter building. I don't even know what Twitter's building is like. I'm assuming it's tall, but it might not be. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I don't even know where Twitter is located. It's headquartered. Neither do I. Hmm. You would think it would be in Seattle, because, like, all of the things are in Seattle, but... I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. I don't... Not go, I don't. Yeah, I don't really care enough to look it up. It's fine. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll be back in two weeks, probably. Fingers crossed. Hopefully. To discuss uh, the Norwood Suite, and maybe off-peak if we get around to it. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. So, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.